Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Today we're going to get to know Kara a little bit, or a lot, I hope. <laughs> She's going to share some about her background, who she is, and also her journey to meditation. So, Kara, please tell us about yourself. Thank you, Alessandra. So, welcome everybody and thanks for joining us today. Um, so, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is in America. Um, for those of you who don't live in America, you might be more familiar with Chicago, which is kind of in the middle, kind of more to the east. And Indianapolis is in that area. It's about three hour, a three-hour drive south from Chicago. Um, I lived here and went to college in the area. Um, and then a couple of years after college, I moved to England to um, be with my now husband, who is my, my boyfriend at the time, who is English, and lived there for about four years and then moved back to Indiana. And um, we were married by the time we moved here. And we um, lived here for about eight years. And then we moved to Italy. Italy is really where my, um, this iteration of my meditation journey has begun. If we go back to the meditation part um, and my history there, I have been similarly to what you talked about in the last episode where you have always felt that you've been kind of a seeker and you've always been interested in something bigger and adventure and um, I, I share that with you because um, my adult life, I feel like I've been circling meditation. It's always been interesting to me. And a lot of those um, things that kind of go into the category of, of meditation have always attracted me. So um, yoga and different um, spiritual endeavors. Um I love reading books by, for example, the Dalai Lama or Eckhart Tolle, or, you know, I've, I've, I've read lots and lots of books written by people who are very heavy meditators. And it kind of always comes up in books like that about how important meditation is, but they're not meditation books. They're not books about how to do meditation. So I would read something and I would become inspired to meditate and I would try it and then I wouldn't really know what I was doing and I would eventually stop doing it and, and I'd put it aside for a while because I wasn't really getting it any, I'll put that in air quotes, I wasn't really getting anywhere with it because I didn't really, I wasn't really confident with what I was doing. I always understood that it was supposed to be this very natural thing that anybody could do and you're just kind of clearing your mind. But that wasn't enough for me to for it to get traction. So I um, never, I, I, it would come and go in and out of my life, and I would try it, and then I'd stop. And so it wasn't until I was in Italy, and I became, I, I really don't know what 
sort of came over me for lack of a better term. But I became very, very focused and, and driven to have meditation become part of my life. I had a really difficult 2016. Lots of things um, kind of fell apart around me, um, which I won't go into now. I'm sure a future episode, it will be um, something that will come up more. But um, And I don't think necessarily that the events in two, 2016 drove me necessarily to meditation um, because I, I always had that interest in it. But as it happened, around that time, I found a method. And that's where you talk about that class, that the first class that we took where we happened to be in the same class, but we didn't really interact very much. That course was called Lessons in Meditation, and it was a methodical step-by-step instruction in meditation. You do this, and then you do that. And then you do that, and this is what will happen. And here are the predictable results based on these methods. And that was so appealing to me because I have a very practical personality. And what I had been lacking my every time I had tried meditation was a method. And so I finally found something. So I had that combination of this huge desire that became like I remember talking to a friend of mine in Bologna and saying, and she had a meditation practice, but it was, it was very casual. It was kind of like what I had tried before. So it wasn't really something that she could teach me for, to quell the desire, to quench the thirst that I had. But I remember saying to her, I'm so thirsty. That's the best way I can describe it. I'm very <laughs> thirsty to learn this. I can feel that it's so close, and, but I just couldn't get my hands on it. And and then I just kept trying. And eventually I found this course and, and it really helped to fill a lot of gaps for me. And so um, through those methods, I was able to build a meditation practice, a daily practice. Um, oftentimes it's more than once a day. Um, and it has really um, been, it, it's been so transforming for me. It's really Um, helped me to be a better parent, be a better spouse, be a better um, person. I mean, I feel more driven to service because of introspection through meditation and just getting in touch with my highest potential. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, I'm not thirsty in the same way that I was. (laughs) I'm thirsty for other things, other ways to serve and other ways to keep growing. Um, but I really feel that I was able to um, fill something within me that really got to a point where I knew I needed it and I just needed to figure out how to get there. Mm. That's a very beautiful way to put it that when you talk about this thirst and I think there are different ways into meditation. So it seems like for you, or if you listen to the previous episode, you know that for me perhaps it was more the anxiety part or like something difficult that really accelerated for me. But for you, it seemed like it was the thirst more that, you know, longing. Of course, I had a longing too, but mm-hmm. oh, what was it? Can you pinpoint what it was? Yeah, that's a good question. So like I mentioned, I had that really difficult year where I had a lot of um, pain from, it was actually other people going through very, very difficult things around me um, and some 
deaths and illnesses. And, um, and that was a very difficult time. But again, I feel like my thirst was not necessarily driven by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows, because they ran so parallel to each other, I, I won't know how intertwined the thirst was with the difficult time that I felt that that was a very testing time for me. If I get down down more to specifics, it was that I, I watched a documentary called Awake, and it's on Netflix, or it was at the time, I think it's still there. And um, somebody had recommended it, the same woman who I talked about, who um, I, had, I remember saying, I'm just thirsty. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find a tall glass of water, you know. <laughs> she, somebody had recommended to her this documentary that she hadn't actually watched yet, and it was called Awake. And it's a, a documentary about Paramhansa Yogananda. And that documentary just really grabbed my attention. And, you know, he is the author of a book called Autobiography of a Yogi, which was, um, I don't know if you've heard the story about when Steve Jobs passed away and he had a funeral and, um, or at his memorial service, he had a book that he had handed out to every attendee of his memorial service. This is that book, Autobiography of a Yogi. Apparently George Harrison did this as well. He was handing this book out to Everyone. Oh, yeah. He kept it in his home and anybody who came to visit him, he would hand that out. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so read Autobiography of a Yogi and it was um, it was written in, I think, 1940. What was it? 1942? 19, it was in the 40s anyway. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting it and being a little bit skeptical about how... Um, how well it would capture my attention, but it was, uh, it was just so enlightening, so entertaining. And, um, and again, it just felt like, um, it really spoke to me. And through that, I was able to find the organization where I was able to take the courses and really kind of get down to that practicality. That's something that I really liked about Paramhansa Yogananda in particular was his, he has kind of like a scientific approach, a very practical, like here is, here are the steps, very methodical. And that's what really spoke to me. It wasn't very like airy and, you know, feel it. And, you know, it it wasn't assuming that you were already really in touch with the more sensitive parts of yourself. Hmm. It came at it from a much more methodical, which is what I needed at that time. You know, just tell me what to do and how to do it. You know, don't don't let me figure it out by myself. <laughs> yeah, and this uh, question you when you talk about the thirst, and I I wouldn't know what you mean because I've been meditating for long. So I and we've talked a lot, but thinking for our listeners and someone who listens in and never have meditated, can you like, what is it that it gave you? It gave me. Um, it gave me the chance to to tune into what I would call my higher self, you know, the, to, to go deeper into, um, into understanding myself. There's something called self-realization. And um, it was that path of kind of getting to understand me in a, in a higher sense. Mm-hmm. Along, so that's kind of for me personally. That was sort of where I wanted to. I wanted meditation to take me. That's what I was looking for. But what's interesting about meditation that I know now 
is regardless of what you're trying to aim for, you get all these physiological benefits. So you don't have to be trying to improve your sleep or regulate your heart or improve your digestion or decrease inflammation or improve your memory. You don't have to be coming at meditation with those thoughts in mind, but that's what happens because you're doing something that is scientifically proven to have these kind of results. So of course I felt a difference physiologically through, you know, in, in things that aren't so easy to measure, you know, not that I was measuring my inflammation, however you would measure <laughs> that, <laughs> but, um, th- in, there's also those, the psychological benefits of joy mm-hmm. and stress relief and being able to, um, manage your reactions. You know, I, as a mother, um, probably the thing that my biggest trigger is the interaction that my children have with each other. I haven't managed to master how to control my reactions every time, but for sure I have a bigger distance between my trigger and my reaction. And in that space, I can make better decisions about how I react to things. Mm. I have not perfected meditation. I haven't perfected myself. I'm a work in progress. I've been regularly meditating for, you know, a couple of years. Um, and I'm a certified meditation teacher, as you are. Um, I meditate a lot in my day-to-day life. And um, I, it's very important. And I make a lot of space for it. Um, but I don't want to make it sound like I have all the answers. Um, and what I want to do with this podcast, I think we share this, is we learn, we learn together and we share. And mm. certainly my children will tell you um, that patience <laughs> is not always something that comes super easy, easily to me, but it is something that I have definitely found that I have greater, I have greater patience, not perfect patience. I have greater patience since I've been able to make meditation a, a big part of my life. Mm. Well, that's a very good point to, you know, we want to give this podcast as human beings. We are mothers. Mm-hmm. We want to walk with you guys who are listening. Right. Absolutely. But before we close this off, Cara, can you talk a little bit more about you now? You just said you're a parent and something meditation teacher what's going on with your life right now yeah so I have two kids I have an 11 year old son Hayden and an eight-year-old daughter Layla and I have a wonderful husband um, John and we have like I mentioned before we've recently moved, moved back to America I am beginning my business meditation by Kara so please visit the website if you're inclined, www.meditationbycara.com. And um, I am working on building a business of being a meditation coach, a meditation teacher. Um, I've been organizing some classes for groups and I have uh, private clients and um, also I like to use the website to share Um, through my blog and try to reach people Mm -hmm. and I know how it has helped me so that's where I I really hope that I can help other people to do the same thing oh thank you Cara 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. So please subscribe and you can find more information at themeditationconversation.com. We look forward to the next meditation conversation.